You're listening to the Biblical Fiction Buffs podcast, and I'm your host, Jenna Van Maurick. On this podcast, we discuss all sorts of things related to biblical fiction and the best in ancient historical Christian fiction. What you're about to hear is a previously recorded Instagram Live book club discussion. In case you didn't know, Biblical Fiction Buffs is also an online quarterly book club hosted by me on Instagram. Every season, we vote on a book, then we read it and study it together, and at the end of the quarter, we get together on Instagram for a live discussion. Sometimes there's games, sometimes there's trivia and giveaways, but it's always a good time of discussion and fellowship and talking about the wonderful truths we can learn about God through the art of story. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then be sure to check us out at Biblical Fiction Buffs on Instagram or visit my website www.authorgenevanmaurick.com. For now, enjoy this episode and be sure to subscribe to our podcast for more entertaining bookish content like this. doing well. I apologize if my voice is a little bit scratchy. I am getting over a cold, just a cold, nothing serious. Um, But how are y'all doing? I got balloons for the occasion to talk about Defending David with all of y'all, which is a biblical historical fiction book by Barbara M. Britton, um, who I actually just got to talk to. It was really, really fun. But um, let me know how you guys are doing. Did you read the book or are you just here for the giveaways? (laughs) If you read the book, what did you think of it? I'm getting some of my notes set up on my computer and then we will get started in just a few minutes the way we usually do, which as you've seen, if you followed along with our stories, um, we usually start off with prayer and scripture reading and then we move into open book discussion. It's open season. You fire all your comments at me. I read them and engage with them. Uh, And we're going to have a trivia game with some giveaways. We're going to announce the summer 2022 book. I got to be really careful that I don't accidentally announce it early. And then we're going to do a QA, and a open discussion at the end to kind of close things out if we have any time left. And I'm also going to be giving you more information about future upcoming giveaways that I'm going to be uh, hosting on our main feed, not just at the live. So there's a lot going on. Lots of fun stuff happening, but yeah, just feel free to let me know how you're doing while I continue to get set up, because I am just a smidgen behind. Um, awesome. So, hello, 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 everyone. I'm going to go back through the comments now that I've got everything all queued up and wave to some of you guys, um, which I always think is kind of a... A weird feature because I could just literally wave but this is the digital era um hi Audrey hi mom hi dad my mom and dad are in Tennessee I was supposed to be with them but like I said earlier I got a cold so I didn't end up being able to go hi Barbara hi mom again yeah um Piper my dog is afraid of balloons um but I got balloons today because I thought it'd be really fun Um, The red was for Defending David, and then the blue was actually supposed to be a biblical fiction buffs blue, like more of the the light blue, but they messed up the color, and my husband picked them up, so he didn't know they were the wrong blue. 
it is what it is, but they still, it still looks good. It's still cool. Um, so yeah, I thought balloons would be a fun touch, um, to do something special. I didn't get to have a costume, uh, believe it or not, I did try to find a, a scary ancient soldier costume and come dressed as Itai, uh, from Defending David, but for whatever reason, couldn't find one. It wasn't in the cards, so I got balloons instead, but I did bring a plastic sword to see if maybe that would make me appear slightly more threatening um, since I didn't have anything else fun planned. But how's everyone doing? Uh, we're going to just jump right into the scripture reading. Uh, again, a lot of this is posted on our stories earlier. So if you <laughs> if you uh, saw that, then you'll know what we're about to be reading. But the story defending David uh, comes from 2 Samuel, I believe, 15, 16, and 17 chapters. Chapters 15, 16, 17. Uh, Barbara can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, no, Barbara, I was going to do like full fake beard and everything, but for whatever reason, I couldn't find anything that would get here on time. But I was I was very close to to fully committing to that. Um, Audrey, ten out of ten thought you were going to say pasta instead of costume. You know, I did have pasta shortly before shortly before I uh, got on this live. So the pasta is is here, kind of. Second uh, Samuel. So we're gonna be reading um, chapter fifteen, verses thirteen through twenty three. Um, I am horrible with pronouncing ancient names and places and things, so you'll just have to forgive me. Feel free to follow along in your Bible if you like, or you can just listen. Uh, again, this was also posted to our Instagram stories, so you can find it there as well. But, uh, starting up verse 13, did I say 13? And a messenger came to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel have gone after Absalom. Then David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, or else there will be no escape for us from Absalom. Go quickly, lest he overtake us quickly and bring down ruin on us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. With the edge of the sword, and the king's servant said to the king, Behold, your servants are ready to do whatever my lord the king decides. So the king went out and all his household after him. And the king left ten concubines to keep the house. And the king went out and all the people after him. And they halted at the last house. And all the servants passed by him. And all the... Oh, this is... But this is where we get into the fun names, y'all. And all the Cherithites and all the Pelithites and all the 600 Gittites who had followed him from Gath passed on before the king. Then the king said to Ittai the Gittite, why do you also go with us? Go back and stay with the king for you are a foreigner and also an exile from your home. You came only yesterday and shall I today make you wander about with us since I go, um, since I go, I know not where. Go back and take your brothers with you and may the Lord show steadfast love and faithfulness to you. But Ittai answered the king, as the Lord lives and as my Lord the king lives, wherever my Lord the king shall be, whether for death or for life, there also will your servant be. And David said to Ittai, go then, pass on. So Ittai the Gittite passed on with all his men and all the little ones who were with him and all the land wept aloud as all the people passed by. And the king crossed the brook Kidron and all the people passed on toward the wilderness. 
That was quite a mouthful, and it would be quite a mouthful if I was to read the entire story to you, but that's kind of where our story sort of begins. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's jump right in to the prayer, and then we'll talk about this wonderful book. So, uh, dear God, thank you so much for this wonderful time to get together with all of the biblical fiction buffs. Please bless our time together. Help it to be um, a fruitful time of discussion about you and your ways and um, this wonderful story by Barbara um, that I think spoke to quite a few of us throughout this season. And just bless our time together. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So regarding this wonderful book, um, I'm not sure if you could see from your perspective, but I actually accidentally ended up with two copies. Um, the first one is the one that I actually read for Biblical Fiction Buffs that has all my notes in it. But um, as I mentioned at our last live, I loved this book so much that I actually tore a hole in the cover. Um, and the back is quite messed up as well. And I tried to cover up the hole in the front cover with an autographed by the author sticker. So I have this one, but this one is literally just for my personal reference during our book club gathering. I have a nicer one that I shall hold up when discussing said book because uh, Barbara saw that I destroyed the book and was kind enough to send me a second copy, um, which I shall also love and cherish equally. Um, hello, Brenny. How are you guys doing? We are literally just getting into the book discussion and starting, and then we will chat for as long as we possibly can before we get into our trivia games and giveaways and announcements and all of the things. <clears throat> I am fully prepared. I have my water. I have my inhaler in case I get too excited. So, you know, things should go well. I have my sword. Um, I'm fully armed for this book club discussion. So, I don't know about you guys, but one of my favorite things about this book is probably just King David's reign and seeing him at different points in his life. And they're two very drastically different points because um, we get to see the younger King David, but also the much, much older King David and kind of those two um, versions of him that are sort of in contrast with one another. I feel like in my head, personally at least, when I think of King David, I either think of, you know, young man with like a sling, <laughs> uh, you know, David facing um, Goliath, that David, or I think of David and Bathsheba, because those are, I think, the two most, I don't want to say famous, but maybe just like, um, talked about moments, um, at least in my experience, when it comes to talking about King David. Um, but I really just loved the look at his reign and different points in his reign. And Jamie Nicole loves the King David parts as well. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, I just really liked too how we kind of got to see um, a more broken version of King David, not like physically broken, but like more so emotionally. Iconic is a very good word for it. Thank you, Naomi. Um, sort of more iconic moments in King David's reign and story in the Bible. But yeah, um, I really enjoyed seeing, you know, the more broken version of King David sort of later in the story. Um, and, you know, during the whole time with Absalom's Rebellion, because um, it's really true to life 
um, you know, sometimes, like, we all go through really hard times where maybe we're, you know, on a really spiritual high, and maybe when we think of King David, we think of King David, chosen by God, really great guy, um, but we don't often maybe think about sometimes, you know, those more lower points, because um, obviously, I mean, it's kind of like life <laughs> these days, right? Like, you don't really post the lower points of your life maybe to your social media you keep it at the highlights and I think sometimes it's really easy to talk about um the highlights especially when we're talking about the bible and this is something that I've always said is one of the reasons I'm really particularly drawn to the genre of biblical fiction because it's really easy when you're reading the bible someone you know has one victory and then you can like flip the page maybe two or three pages later and they have another victory and you're just reading stories of victory after victory after victory. But what you don't realize is sometimes between those two, three, four pages, chapters, whatever, there's years, decades, even centuries sometimes of difficulty or struggling or strife and that kind of thing. Um, and I like to read biblical fiction because it's sort of explores that space, helps my mind slow down a little bit to really process what it would have been like uh, to live through those events and that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, just because it's a little bit, you know, so it's something that for me at least is very easy to forget that people in the Bible, you know, you didn't just go straight from burning bush to crossing the Red Sea. There were plagues in between and all kinds of struggling and hardship and God's there through all of that um, and that doesn't change but sometimes how much we are you know really feeling motivated or feeling um, feeling his presence maybe um, hills and valleys kind of thing. Um, David is in his early 60s here and it is believed he passed around 70 years old. Yeah I was um, there was another book that I thought of when I finished this one um, and I can't remember what it was now and I know that people are probably gonna shout like <laughs> 10 or 15 other biblical fiction books about David um, now that I've said that but there is another book um, that I read a while ago and I'm not going to place it, so don't even try because I'm not going to remember. But it sort of um, picked up where this story leaves off right towards the end of his reign, um, like the very end, and then carries on after that. And I literally could not tell you what it was, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, it really reminded me of that. Something else I want to talk about since um, I'm, I'm not seeing other comments is um, Itai and Ramona, the fictional, well, Ramona's fictional, Itai's in the Bible. You know what I mean. You guys read the book, right? You're here. You know what I'm talking about. Itai and Ramona, I loved their story and their journeys. I in particularly loved Ramona just because I feel like she, um, uh, she she surprised me quite a lot. I've read this book, I think, maybe three times now, and I love it every single time. The first time I read it um, was so that I could write a little blurb to go in the front pages for it. Um, that was months before it came out, and then I read it again, and then I read it again. So um, I'm very quite familiar with this story, and it's hard now for me to think of um, things that I love specifically in the little details because it's just all blending together in my mind because I loved it all. But 
Brenny said I love them. Their relationship was amazing. I agree. I also really, one of my favorite parts about their relationship is how they are different, but also very much equal to each other. Like Itai may be this big, strong soldier character, but she's also very strong and she thinks on her feet really quickly. And um, sometimes she makes decisions that maybe aren't always um, like the uh, most thought out decision or I mean, no one knows really what's going to happen in the future. So that's beside the point. But they're very much like each other's match in different areas. You know, she has all of her words and all of her talking and conversation and she has all of her bold moves. He also makes a lot of bold moves because he's Itai, the Gitai soldier, um, leading people into battle. So that's a whole thing. Barbara says, my original cover had both Itai and Ramona on the cover. Itai looked like a shepherd and then my publisher changed the cover and I got bicep Itai. That is my new favorite piece of information about this book. Naomi said, I have been doing a chronological read through of the Bible, so it was wonderful to read this so soon after finishing Kings and Chronicles. Oh, that's really cool. I've been um, reading a lot of the Gospels lately, personally, um, which is also fun because... Um, it's fun to me reading the New Testament and then reading Old Testament um, books because I've been reading a lot of Old Testament fiction lately and just seeing like the points at which God, his big plan, his big picture, you know. Uh, I do think the new cover embodies Itai better. I would agree. Uh, Brenny said they contrast between their backgrounds and how they were two broken people who found hope and love through their love for God. Yeah, and I love how, um, you know, Itai has this mind for battle and strategy, but even from the beginning, we see Ramona also having a, a keen eye and mind for... Um, not so much battle, but her own um, way of looking out for herself and maybe defending herself when she can and, you know, asking for help when she needs it. And especially one of my favorite parts that really sold me on Ramona um, as a character and made me love her so much was at the beginning when she's being held captive and she is able to think really quickly on her feet um, and she's wishing if only she had a friend here who would come up and, you know, help her and she just pretends to see her friend and like calls out her name um and it distracts the people she's with long enough and I, I really liked all of her moments and there were a couple of others that I highlighted in the book that just made me like really happy and I prob I'm never able to find the things that I want to find and talk about whenever I have a biblical fiction buffs <laughs> meeting I'm always like oh I wrote a really good note here and then I can never find it so that is what it is but Brandy said they complimented each other perfectly I would definitely agree and that made me so happy and also um I also just love how um I love how I just lost my train of thought that was really great um <clears throat> I loved also Par Par Parveda, 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 Parveda. Don't judge me. I told you I can't pronounce these these names. Um, and um, their relationship with Ramona and oh my word, I'm forgetting everyone's name. But um, 
Lana and Parveda and their whole family and just everything. Barbara said, my younger son is in the military, so I had to think like a man who assesses the enemy to stay alive. That was something else that I really, really liked about this book because I'm from a military family and I really liked um, some of the lines in there from like the the women and the family's perspective of the men going off to fight these battles. Um, I really liked that. I think it's towards the end of the book maybe the parts that I'm thinking of specifically but as like someone in like a military family I was like oh I relate to this so much um and that really pulled at my heartstrings and I was actually really excited because I was like oh May Memorial Day I can do like a little bit of a, a Memorial Day tie-in with you know biblical fiction soldiers and that kind of thing books about soldiers and I was like wait the live is probably going to happen before Memorial Day because Memorial Day is like literally the end of the month. Um, so that and I usually do these on weekends. So that was a little bit of a bummer for me. I used to actually volunteer um, for Memorial Day services in my local community and stuff as well. So very much something that's close to my heart and another thing that I really, really loved <laughs> about the the story and the writing. Naomi said, da, 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 I loved how she saw through his exterior to the heart of faith. That was something that was really funny to me too and that I also wrote a note about that I'm never going to be able to find. Um, oh yeah, see look, there's all my notes I was looking for 10, year, 10 minutes ago, 10 years ago. Um, it's been 84 years. Um, uh, I love how she saw through his exterior to the heart of faith. Yeah, and it was really funny to me too because in like the first couple of chapters initially after they meet, she's kind of like, you're a, you're a this and you're that and how can you, I trust you, blah, 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 blah. And like of all the people that I would have to be saved by and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, she gets to her uncle's and by the time she gets to her uncle and her uncle, um, you know, is kind of questioning of them and looking down on them and calling them, you know, like heathens and all the things. She's like, no, they're not. When it's like, hmm, seems like your opinions have changed, girlfriend. Um, and then, you know, it's just in like actions speaking louder than words and seeing someone for their actions and how a lot of times first impressions are not what we think they are, are they? Um, Barbara said, I'll take either pronunciation of Parveda, Parveda, her original name was Aleda, but there are so many A names in this story that are biblical. That is a very good point. I, at one point when I was writing, <laughs> Jerusalem's daughter had like five characters whose names started with a Y and I was like I think it's fine and then I sent it to some people and the people I sent it to were like it is definitely not fine and I was like I know but that's <laughs> every time I'm like going through when I'm writing and trying to pick a new name for a character it's always super hard because I have to make sure I like the name enough for that character but like I there's no other character I could see myself use, wanting to use that name for more in the future. Um, yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, Nancy, my mama, said, please thank your son for his service. We appreciate you and all parents who stand behind them in prayer. My husband joined the live. <laughs> and he said, I love your balloons. Everyone thank him for please go, for getting the balloons for the background um, and stuffing them into the car for me. Um, 
yeah, the colors were a little bit different than they were supposed to be, but it's fine. Barbara said, one of my critique partners is a speed reader and the A names drove her crazy. Yeah, it's so hard, especially I feel like it's hard coming up with names for biblical fiction characters that are equal parts, like they suit the character, but also they're, this, maybe this is just me, they're mildly, this is, you know, pertaining obviously more to fictional characters than when you have historical figures appearing in novels, but um, trying to find a name that is, you know, also easy-ish -ish to read and possibly pronounce for readers, because that's something I think about a lot, where I'm like, yeah, I could name this character some crazy long um, name that has like 15 syllables and a bunch of crazy letters and sounds. Um, would that be the wisest decision? I don't know. Would it potentially boost my word count and the size of my book? Maybe. Um, but yeah, names are hard <laughs> is the conclusion that I am coming to. Um, yeah, the, the, the part that I was talking about earlier when I was talking about like them being equal equals to each other just in different ways like the same kind of strength but in different areas um, a part where I specifically notated that in my book was on page 81. Um, when Ramona is talking about how she pretended her friend Leah had come to bring her home and pretended like to see her and it, you know, <clears throat> his friend, her, her, the, the men trying to take her were flustered and, um, all of that. And then Itai says, if someone called out David's name right now, a herd of chariot pulling stallions couldn't stop me from turning around. Um, and it's just kind of this moment where he's like, yeah, good plan. Nice, nice move. Um, and then um, when she says a couple lines down later, she talks about him being a loyal man. I believe we have shared enough time together that if someone called out my name, you would whirl around. And he said, I believe we have, um, which was A, a very cute and adorable moment, but B, um, just another, another um, time where it kind of talks about uh, first perceptions and getting to know him and her feelings and opinions changing. And then when she gets to Jerusalem and her uncle and his admonishment, she has like this whole different perspective and she's like, excuse me, they saved me. Don't don't talk to them like that. Um, Barbara said, don't miss my author's note. It is tucked behind the devotional at the back. Oh, back. Yes, it is. It is all the way, all the way over here. I also, I think I wrote notes on the author's note too. Um, yeah, so I'm a big person who writes with pen in my books and that may be a sin to some people i'm sorry if you have to leave the live because that is so distressing to you I, it is okay i understand what you're going through i understand what you are dealing with um but um i'm a big person who like writes and draws with pens i think i got that from my grandma if i'm being perfectly honest because she was also a big drawer in the margins she did bible journal journaling before bible journaling was cool but it was not the pretty kind of Bible journaling, nor is mine. It's the like, I am frantically scribbling all of my notes and thoughts out. <laughs> I love people who do the really gorgeous like journaling and note taking and um, margin writing, but that has never been me. Even in school, I had these girlfriends, like my friends who would, you know, write 
these beautiful little notes in class with hearts on the eyes instead of dots. And they just always looked pristine and they'd use different colors. And I'd just be sitting there scribbling with my pen, trying to get everything down. And I'm the same way with um, marking up my books. So that is that. Um, but yeah, uh, something else that I, I'm going to read some comments because I keep seeing people moving. Um, Malia said, I love annotating. Brandy said, I love how you annotate your books. Um, Naomi said, I wish I could write in my books. I'm too much of a perfectionist to start. Yeah, that's the thing is that something that I actually really love and find really fun and entertaining about writing in books is I usually pick like a specific color of pen that matches the book. Um, cause that's about as aesthetically pleasing as I can force myself to be. Um, and then I will write in like the first page, like the, the date I started and then when I finished the date I finished in that color of pen. And then I'll take all my notes in that color of pen. And then if I ever go back and reread the book, then I can pick like a different pen or a different color and take new notes and kind of see how my thoughts and things have changed. Um, and I know what notes are from what, and I can think about like what mindset I was in when I read it that time. Um, I used to kind of be like a perfectionist a long time ago about not writing in books. I would make little notes on my phone, but then I'd lose them and they'd get misplaced or I'd make notes elsewhere, or I would just write up ideas on my computer in documents. Um, but then I would find that I would go back to an old book and I'd be like, oh, there was something in here I liked, but I can't remember what it was. And then it just got so frustrating to me to just not write in the book. So I finally broke down and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. It's going to be a thing. And now I love it because every time I open a book and I can see the pen, I know from what, what it's from and all that jazz. Um, and yeah, so something else that I wrote down. Ahem. <clears throat> that I really enjoyed. Again, I'm recovering from a cold, so bear with me. Um, was on page 223. Um, when, uh, I think it's David who's talking. Um, and Itai is praying and saying, help me comfort and counsel my friend. And David is saying, why should Absalom be stopped from killing me? I have failed my family because he's talking about all of his past mistakes and the lower points in his reign and um, maybe struggling with self-doubt a little bit. It's been a while. <clears throat> and, you know, saying, I failed my family. And Itai responds, your sons have failed you. Your sons knew the laws of God, of God's justice. They failed to let God be God. And that line really stuck out to me. And I wrote in the margins, how many times do I forget to let God be God? Because to me, that is something that, um, uh, ruled my life for quite a while maybe not in the same context as this story but definitely um as a writer it's very easy for me to sit there and think hmm I think you know I'm going through this really hard time and you know I know exactly how to fix it God could do this and this and he could open this door and it would be this great story and there would be this miracle that would happen and then it would be like the greatest coolest story ever and like I could have this amazing testimony trying to write my own story kind of thing um, and I found that you know it was a real habit that I had to break myself out of and I found that every time I started thinking like oh man, wouldn't it be great if God did this or this happened or if God did this or my prayers started to get 
a little bit too too much like an instruction manual for God and not so much like a prayer or a discussion. Um, I would, I started, I made little like phrases to repeat over to myself about, you know, what your will be done, the Lord provides, all in God's timing. Like I had these phrases that I would repeat over and over to myself in those situations to really break that habit of Obviously, there's things, you know, where when I'm praying, I'm praying and like, oh, like, you know, I could really use some help dealing with this thing related to my chronic illness. But I've been through many times and likely still will go through times where rather than praying for, you know, God's will in my life and just, you know, talk like talking about my struggles and just going over those with God, I've sat there in my prayers and maybe given directions, if you know what I mean, or like, please help this specific thing to happen, a checklist, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the line, um, let God, they fail to let God be God or whatever it is in that moment. Um, I turned the page, so now I can't find it. <laughs> um, but it really spoke to me, especially I think the first time I read this book, which was many many months ago and I was in the in the very thick of like working on training that that mind mindset out and letting God be God and trusting him to write my story instead of trying to sit there and say like you know if this happened it would be a really cool testimony or like giving instructions or trying to write my own story hello um <clears throat> to the people who've joined, um, if you are still here, because <laughs> um, I got kind of behind on the chat. Um, Barbara said, in 2 Samuel 12 is God's punishment for David given by Nathan the prophet. God was sad about David's sin with Bathsheba. The calamity was Absalom's rebellion and the dysfunction in David's household. Yes. So just a whole, a whole thing. There was another thing that I kind of I know, guys, I dog-ear my pages, too. There was another um, thing that I dog-eared in this book somewhere. This is probably why this book got a hole in it, if we're being honest. <laughs> but um, uh, now I'm, I'm failing to understand why I dog-eared this for the book club discussion. Because <laughs> um, I drew a bunch of little arrows pointing to this thing, but I didn't write any elaboration. So, anyone else have anything they try to add while I try to tap into my subconscious mind? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and I know this is kind of on the same vein. Um, page 231. Um, the line, our maker knows how this battle will end, just kind of was something that tied back into the idea of letting God be God. And um, personally, I have definitely had times where I have struggled with letting go of the control that I think that I have when I do not in fact have any. <laughs> um, so yeah, just all kinds of things. Naomi said, Itai's lines had so much wisdom. It was a reminder of simple, honest faith. Honestly, yes, 10 out of 10. I really loved how he um, just sort of spoke quite plainly. <laughs> really relatable, really well done. He just, you know, said what he thought um, and 
was always pretty straightforward about stuff too. Like it wasn't necessarily sugarcoating. It was just he had his beliefs, he had his convictions, and he was quite firm in them. He had his moments where he didn't always know the right words to say and he prayed. That was another thing um, that I really loved about this book and Barbara's books in general um, uh, because sometimes in books characters don't necessarily pray um and this isn't necessarily specific to biblical fiction just books I've read in the Christian fiction genre um where characters just don't don't necessarily always pray like it's not their first line of defense and I loved especially it being that he's a soldier that um he knew and understood and placed great value on his first line of defense being the Lord um, and that was really, really great. <laughs> Everyone kind of went crazy over Itai in the chat just now. Um, especially being a Philistine, it still amazes me that a Philistine believes in the one true God. Yes, I see all of you. I agree with all of you. You have all been heard and recognized. Um, yeah, I just, um, I really liked his simple faith um, that was also a bold faith. Like, it wasn't a comp, it, I mean, we all have questions, but it wasn't necessarily something super complicated for him. It was just, this is what I believe. This is what I have to believe. This, this is how I go about living my life in light of those beliefs. Um, but also how he was bold with it. And also how Ramona was equally bold in just like different areas, different ways. <laughs> and they, they had their, their own ways. Yes, thank you. Those are the, those are great words. <laughs> uh, Brenny said it was a childlike faith with an exclamation point, and I would just like to take that exclamation point and add like five hundred other exclamation points onto that sentence. Thank you, um, because very true, and I think that that was something that uh, really also helped me as I read this book the first time and the second time and the third time, <laughs> um, was just having that faith. And yeah, we don't always know how things are going to go. We don't always let God be God. We don't always turn to prayer as our first line of defense, but we should. Um, there's a line, I think I posted it to the biblical fiction buffs. Thank you, mom, for adding the exclamation points. I think I posted it to the biblical fiction buffs page. My mom just distracted me. Hold on. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, okay, where Ramona says something, and I think it's towards the beginning of the book, and it's something along the lines of, like, she wished she could be as, um, believe, like, as much as he did or as strong as he did, something along those lines, that um, marching into Jerusalem or whatever could be accomplished with just a few prayers. I am butchering the quote. That is not a direct quote, but something like that. Um, where, you know, it's just like, really? Like prayer? You're just going to pray about it and then move on? Um, that sort of like mindset of like, she wished she could be as confident as Itai that um, such big things could be solved with just a few prayers. And I think that that's something that's very relatable because how often and how easy is it to think, you know, to try and fix your own issues first before actually praying about them. Um, and I just, I really thought that he, Itai was a great role model of faith in this book and his portrayal was very good. And I just loved, 
One of my favorite tropes, can we just discuss tropes for a minute? Because one of my favorite tropes is just <laughs> men being friends with other men and loyalty and friendships and relationships and like brotherly bonds and that kind of thing. Um, I just really love that in stories when... Um, <clears throat> And like friendships in general, but in particularly when it's like two guy characters who build each other up or lift each other up, iron sharpening iron and all that jazz. <laughs> um, um, that's I really like friendships and that kind of thing and um, people who... I just like loyalty. I just like loyalty in books, guys. Um, Naomi said, I loved that we got to see racism in conflict with God's law of including the outcast and the sojourner. Yes, there are so many books that I can think of that have similar themes, whose titles all escape me now. But yeah, that's, that's um, another interesting plot point. Malia said, yes, in capital letters, everyone. Malia agrees with me. The male friendship was one of my favorite parts of this book. Um, I just feel like um, guys in books, at least in a lot of books I read, don't get like the friendship characters they necessarily deserve. Um, or it's just really easy to like not fully develop or flesh out those relationships. And I really liked how um, how fleshed out his friendships and relationships with others were and how they all strengthened each other. And, you know, I just really like that. I like teamwork. <laughs> um, Barbara said, Itai had the childlike faith that David would remember. Yes. Um, so yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can think of and we can always go back to if I missed something, but yeah, <sighs> really good book. Another thing that, and this is just another one of those really personal things that I absolutely loved. Um, I just really liked this story. <laughs> um, my grandma, um, was very, very much like, I always remember her. One of the things I remember her reading and studying the most, because whenever I used to stay at her house, I would wake up and she would already have been up for like two hours reading her Bible, because that's just was her morning routine. Um, I would often find her in the Old Testament, um, usually in like the Psalms or in Samuel, Chronicles, Kings, um, those books, and she was very much connected with David and a lot of a lot of parts of the Bible. But I remember her talking about David a lot, and this book reminded me of her. And um, she has been not on this earth for quite a few years now, but it sort of helped me reconnect with that part of her and different things I remember her telling me when I was a kid because she used to be really good at making up like little rhymes and um like memory tricks to remember different things in the bible like she was really really good at that she would come up with visual aids or like acronyms or all kinds of things for just everything in the bible and this book made me remember a lot of those things that maybe i would have forgotten and it was just really nice because i i really um really liked how that book Reminded me of her and helped me sort of reconnect with that memory of her. Barbara said, David and Jonathan, such great besties. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think now of like any other examples, but I think you guys 
get the picture, know what I'm talking about. Like loyalty, fr loyal friendships amongst men um, and like men who express their emotions in books also. Um, and this is just like a general trope thing that I really like um, because I think for a long time, and again, I'm coming from a background of like used to reading exclusively YA before discovering other forms of literature. Um, and this is like my reading history across like the last 10 years now. But like men who express their emotions and not necessarily just like happiness or anger, but also sadness, like love men who cry in books, you know? Um, and just that like, that healthy expression of emotions that sometimes, especially in like old school YA, we just got angst and that's it. That's your only emotion. You get snark and you get angst. Um, so I really like um, well-developed male characters. I know we are always like rooting for the strong female characters but also strong male characters are equally as important and I will die on that hill. Jamie said, my grandma always underlined and wrote notes in her Bible. My grandma did the same. Can't read most of them, but I treasure them. Um, and is a big part of why I do the same thing. I still can't underline write in any other books though. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I got my like chicken scratch writing in books and Bibles from my grandma. And you know, hers was equally messy, but she like, embraced it she had like a system to her chaos she had like a whole like way of deciphering things that i will still never be able to understand um but it made me feel confident to embrace the chaos um ironically i don't write in my bible so much i highlight and then i keep a a physical journal where i copy out the scriptures and then i write on the copy of the scriptures because my grandma used to copy the bible by hand and to help her remember it. And I'd kind of do the same thing now. <clears throat> um, yeah, and now I have a lot of my research books that I have for my writing and just for Bible study in general came from her, um, are ones that I got from her after she passed and they still have her writing in them and all of her post-it notes and all of her like scribbles. So uh, it makes me happy because every time I open one of her books, I get like a little message from her. And I like to think that someday, like, someone will find my books and it'll be sort of the same, like, like, like a time capsule of the person I was when I read that book, you know? Um, Audrey said, yep, that was one of my pet peeves about first person books that I didn't feel like I got to understand the love interest. Yeah, that definitely, I think maybe that's why I'm so, like, always passionate about men in fiction being, like, rounded out. Because most of the time, the female character is, like, the main perspective character, main POV character. Um, <laughs> and it's, like, kind of why I'm always, like, and it's probably not even a common thing anymore. But regardless, it scarred me. So now anytime I see a well-written male character I'm always just like so excited about it even if it is something that I see all the time now um because my genre has changed and different things have changed Barbara said I like strong female and male characters they challenge each other and make great dialogue and that is why Itai and Ramona are the greatest couple she didn't say that in her comment I'm just going crazy but um they are 
both strong characters and that was what I loved and something that I wrote oh look there it is strong female character um that was on page 18 I just decided that she was in fact strong um and then I wrote at the bottom also clever so um there you go that's my great insight into this book but um something else about strong female characters too like doesn't necessarily have to be like strong tough but just like that well-developed well-rounded character <laughs> I am going to go on a tangent because my husband is really into video games and he plays a lot of video games and I like to listen to them and like watch the cutscenes of the video games um because I get really into like the storytelling of it and I'll sit there and I'll be like babe have you played your video game today because I want to know what happens in the story but um something that I talk about with him all the time is like man I just don't feel like this female character in this video game's emotions are well-rounded. They're just tough. Um, yeah, and it's it's just a whole thing. I've been going on this tangent a lot lately with my husband because as he's been playing video games, I've been sitting there commenting on like, you know what would make this character more compelling? You know what would round out this character more? Um, <laughs> Jamie says, I do the same with my husband's video game cutscenes. I'm not alone. Um, video game cutscenes can be great writing inspiration too. I just want to point that out. I was struggling with some scenes in my WIP, and this is like months ago, <clears throat> possibly even a year ago. And I was like, babe, can you just go play that one video game? Because I am stuck and I'm at a wall. And um, he was like, okay, fine. He goes and plays a video game and they're like fighting and battling and whatever. And I'm like, that's it. That's what I needed to break the wall. Um, Barbara said, I'm a mom of, oh, hi, Piper. She just started clawing at the chair, but <laughs> um, I'm not, I can't bend over and pick you up. I'm at like the count bar height counter sitting right now. So I can't reach you. I'm sorry. Um, Barbara, in case I didn't read it, said, I am a mom of two boys. I like writing male characters, boys that are now 26 and 27. Um, the amount of times I have been like, oh yeah, my little cousin did this and then been like, oh yeah, my little cousin that's like college aged. <laughs> um, time is weird. Well, if you guys are okay with it, um, I would love to move on to some of our games. Um, I have quite a few trivia games and then some giveaway prizes for those. Um, I think that there's probably enough trivia questions here for like if you read the book, everyone to win something. Um, and some of them I actually... Um, dropped the answers to while we were chatting about the book but I just want to really quick go over what I'm going to be giving away so if you answer the question and win I guess the trivia then um, you will get your choice of either prayer journal scripture journal or um, your preferred color of book journal um, and these again are the book journals that I think came out around the end of the, no, yeah, the end of the last quarter, I think, um, or maybe the beginning of this season for Biblical Fiction Buffs, but they are the reading journals, which are available on Amazon. If you search Jenna Van Maurick, they should pop up along with my actual book. 
but they are the rainbow set of reading journals that come, and they don't show up quite rainbow in the camera, but um, they come in this like peach, all I need is Jesus and books color, the yellow lemon, I, I promise you it's yellow, <laughs> read, write, inspire, um, the green, which is the one that I use, uh, read between the lines, kind of has like a mint hot chocolate is what I imagine that to be. I don't know. Um, and then the classic blue biblical fiction buffs one and the purple kind of grape soda inspired read, sleep, pray, repeat. Um, and these, you can buy them all. Um, but I am for each question, you can pick like one of these. And I also wanted to chat about really quickly, um, the now go prayer journal and the now go scripture journal. Um, which are sort of inspired by my podcast, the Now Go podcast, um, which I have not uploaded episodes to recently. <laughs> there are episodes that are recorded. I have just been, again, getting over a, a sickness, and I had some other sickness before that. Um, so things that were meant to go up did not go up, unfortunately, but they are coming. Um, but these are the Now Go Scripture Journal and the Now Go Prayer Journal. And again, on my podcast, it's something that I really just like to chat about anything. Sometimes I chat about books. Sometimes I chat about God and what he's doing. Um, just all different kinds of things. And so the prayer journal and the scripture journal are things that I created to go along with the podcast because something that I love to talk about is I write down my prayers and I also scripture journal, like I said, like I write long, long notes um, about what I'm reading. And the insides of these are really, really simple. So I'm going to show you them. They're mostly just lines. I know that there's a lot of people out there who have like a really detailed like scripture journaling system um, with like fill-ins and questions they ask themselves. I like things to be a little bit more freeform because um, how I study changes on a day-to-day -day basis. So prayer journal um, looks like this. There's actually two options on my Amazon um, for cover, but they're, they're both kind of the same kind style of image. Um, and uh, they look like this. And it's very simple. Again, you can write your prayer request, the date you added, and then the date you answered it or updated it. If you, you know, write a prayer request here and then maybe a couple months later that prayer request changes, you write it in again and then you can put in date updated and that kind of thing. Very simple. And again, these were created um, inspired by kind of my podcast because that's just something I talk about a lot of my podcast is the power of prayer journaling, the power of reading your Bible. I'm very passionate about that. Scripture journal though is super, super simple and basic um, because that's how I like it to be when I'm, so for me, that's what I need. Um, a lot of fill-ins I found like scripture journals that have like the verse you read, what did you think of it? What did you like? What did you struggle with? Like those kinds of things overwhelm me personally. Sometimes I just want to copy the scripture. Sometimes I want to write a really long journal about it. Sometimes I just want to write bullet points. So I like to leave things very open. The scripture journal is just lined. I apologize because it's backwards for you, but it's just lined and then it'll say um, topic or scripture of study and then there'll be a date at the top, an option to put the date at the top. So for instance, I am in John 14, I think right now, John 15 right now, personally. So I would, you know, open it up, 
and write, you know, John 15 verses 1 through 12 or whatever, and then the date, and then I would just do all of my journaling in that um, and take up as many pages as I needed to. And something else that I like to do when I use these is change the color of my pen every day so that I can visually tell as I'm flipping through the pages, sort of like chapter headers almost. Um, but yeah, those are the Now Go Prayer Journal and the Now Go Scripture Journal. And actually at my book sale, I sold quite a few of these, but I think I sold prayer journals more than scripture journals. The prayer journals are really, really popular, which I love. And also in the back of the prayer journal and the scripture journal, they're going to be identical. But in the back, they have a topical scripture index um, that just has um, different scripture in it for different um, topics and different things. Um, anxiety, faith, hope, um, grief, trust, prayer, all those kinds of things. Um, and there's scripture verses there for you. And there's also these blank pages that are um, for you to fill in your own uh, scripture verses and, you know, maybe what they help you with or life verses or that kind of thing. So those are the... <laughs> options today for giveaway prizes if you win one of the trivia um, questions if you are the first to answer then um, I will contact you and ask you which one you'd prefer with the um, I'm also going to be trying to include um, with each one a bundle of the um, small biblical fiction buff stickers because for me personally if I just pull out my reading journal because I use this green one um, something that I love to do is actually, um, mark which books are biblical fiction buffs books in the corner of the reading journal by sticking the biblical fiction buff sticker at the top of it. Um, so that's something that I gotta make sure I don't lose that one. Um, I just accidentally mail you guys one of mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's something that I like to do. So I'm going to be including, um, stickers in with those as well as some other little swag gifts and things here and there but yeah so basically I have five trivia questions for you guys so there's five opportunities to win something um Malia said I put my small stickers in the books I read for BFB that's such a good idea and now I have to go grab a bunch because I want to go back through and do that to all of my biblical fiction buffs books you don't understand <laughs> you have just given me a way to spend my night because I am very like I try to be very precise. My husband's about to walk in because he's just getting home from work and I can hear the garage door opening. I apologize. Um, today is all over the place. But yeah, let's just get into it. There's five trivia questions, five opportunities um, for you to claim your prize. Um, I will, it's based on like we how we usually do this. It's based on whoever I see pop up first and I will read your name out record it, write it down here, and then reach out to you and say like, hey, would you like a prayer journal or a scripture journal or a reading journal? Which color? Um, and then I will get that to you as soon as possible. It's possible that I have more trivia questions than I have people here to answer the trivia questions, um, which is fine. Um, if, you're, if you're here, there's a very good likeliness that you will get a prize. Um, and then the rest of the questions will just be for fun. Hello, dear. Hi. Would you like to say hello to the live? Oh, hello. 
hopping into a lot of these recently, like in the last year. I say a lot of these, like there's more than four a year, but I'm live, dear. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so anyways, on to the questions. Like I said, very simple. I will read the question. I have an answer that I'm looking for here. And if you get it, you will win something. If you are the first person that I see, it's the first person who answers. So it's kind of rapid, rapid Piper. Yeah, you can, you can hear Piper. She screams when Brandon gets home. It's very cute. Um, <laughs> all right. Did you see that? Did you see that? Piper, no. Okay. So, wow. I've talked a lot. I apologize. This meeting is going a little bit longer than normal. Question number one, to distract her captors in chapter one, what name does Ramona call out? The name of the character. I will give you like a little bit to respond. No one responds. We'll move on to the next question. Um, <clears throat> but if you have your book, it should be right there in chapter one. Um, literally right at the end of chapter one, actually. The answer you're looking for should be approximately, if my book is correct, on page 18. Yes, 18. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what is the name of the friend that Ramona calls out to when she is um, held captive? <laughs> Malia said, I do not have my book in front of me. This is why you always bring your book to the Biblical Fiction Books Live. All right, I'm going to call this one, um, but she calls out for Leah, um, or Leah, 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 um, and they, everyone is, everyone is quite stunned, and she is able to escape, um, so that was question number one, which was a bit of a strikeout. I am now realizing that it is highly possible that I have picked quite difficult, quite, you can kind of see Piper through the balloons on the couch. <laughs> um, I am now realizing it is quite possible that I have picked two difficult of questions for which I sincerely apologize. Question number two. Are you going to eat that right behind? Okay. Yeah, fine? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, question number two. Of what precious stone is Ramona's treasured earring made? She has an earring in the story that is made of a precious stone. Does anyone remember what precious stone the earring is made of? Naomi, you got it. I'm writing your name down under question number two. It is emerald. She has a gold earring, I believe, that is made of three emeralds to be exact. So Naomi responded first. I have put your name down um, and I will reach out to you. What? You want your food. You, you brought food? For you, yes. I'm in the middle of a live. Well, just in case you want it, you know. I can't eat on Instagram live. Um, can you, okay. What do you need to do? Nothing. Just, 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 just go sit down. Right. <laughs> just go sit down. I'll be there soon. Um, that was fast. I agree, Barbara. Okay. Uh, next question. <clears throat> this one I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna consider it an almost sword drill, if you will. So, um, the question would be, what psalm did Itai? 
You are killing me with all of your crunches. Sorry, they only gave me eight. One. What psalm did Itai and Lana recite when confronted by Ramona's uncle? Um, this is around page 117. Um, I will accept... I will accept either the first part of the psalm or the actual biblical reference. Um, when Ramona, when Itai and Lana deliver Ramona to her uncle, um, he makes several snide comments about them not being one of their people. Um, and how could they possibly know anything? Um, about their faith, and they stun him by responding with this. Yes, Malia, you got it. It is Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? So I will write your name down, and uh, you can reach out to me, or I will reach out to you um, later to claim um, to talk about details for which book you want me to send you. Um, Barbara, you could read it in the author's note. That is also true. Okay. Next question. I think the, I think this one should be memorable. I think, I think. Um, but it also might be difficult because I think it's only mentioned like one time. <clears throat> While staying with her uncle in chapter 13, Ramona receives an elaborate gift. She is told the gift is from the king, but she quickly surmises that it is actually from Itai. What is this elaborate gift? <laughs> um, I think this only stood out to me because of what it is. <laughs> and if I said what it is, it would be a dead giveaway. Um... Yes, it is the beautiful embroidered robe, and I think it stood out to me specifically because I think it's green in the story, which I think is supposed to be like a nod maybe to the emerald earrings, um, but I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, it definitely stood out to me because I was like, oh yes, green. I don't know if you if you knew, but my favorite color is green. Um but yeah, in an elaborate embroidered robe dyed a green color. Page 126 for that one. And then the last trivia question, um, which we don't need to spend too much time on because we are a little bit over time, um, is in chapter 27, Ramona gives the emerald earring away. To whom does she give it? She gives the emerald earring away. To whom does she give the emerald earring? in chapter 27, I believe. I was kind of trying to zoom around and search the ebook as well as the paperback for these. So I'm like, fingers crossed, all my chapters and page numbers are correct. But the little girl, I forget her name. Well, it's a good thing that I wrote it down for you. Jamie Nicole, yes, Lana, you were the first to say her name, so I'm going to count you as a giveaway winner, and I will reach out to you after the live is over to talk about um, what prize you'd like. But yes, the little girl, her name is Lana, to rem and she says in chapter 30, 
um, to remind her of the time she, Ramona, and Itai visited the palace. And also when she, when Ramona presented it to her, it was because she had found a new family. Because previously in the book, she talked about the three emeralds representing her, her mother, and her father. And then they take on a new meaning with her new family. And um, yeah, I really, really liked that detail. <clears throat> So I did just have a couple more announcements. The first one is that, oh, I guess I need to start with, I need to start with what book we're going to be reading. So who is ready to hear the book we're going to be reading summer 2022? That's June, July, August. Yes, that is the order of months. Um, I don't know why my brain just decided not today. Um... The book we're going to be reading, June, July, August. Let me know if you guys are excited because I'm excited. Um, and, sorry, I was actually um, just looking at it before we started. So you may have seen it. I'm not sure. Um, the book we're going to be reading this summer that you guys voted on um, was pretty, pretty, uh, it was an interesting vote to watch for sure. Um, for sure. I say that every time, but literally you guys always stress me out until the last possible second. Every single time. But the book that um, you guys picked is Potiphar's Wife by Misu Andrews. Very excited about this one. I have a lot planned um, for this next season. It's going to be very exciting. I'm going to be announcing this on our social media soon. So look out for all of those announcements, but yay. Um, I'm very excited to diving into this one, to dive into this one with you guys. Um, and, uh, I also just wanted to say that it was really fun reading Defending David with all of you guys. Thank you so much to Barbara for hanging out in the comments of all of the endless biblical fiction buffs posts and hanging out at this live and chatting with us um it's been a really great season i really enjoyed it i told barbara um before we got onto the live but um we were chatting and i was saying how like when i initially read this book <laughs> uh which they're actually kind of similar in color um when i initially read defending david I literally was reading it and the whole time I was reading it chapter by chapter, I was just sitting there thinking like, this would be such a good biblical fiction buffs book. This would be such a good biblical fiction buffs book. And I was telling all my friends, like, I need this book to be the biblical fiction buffs book. I wasn't going to cheat for anything. I was determined to let, let it run its course. But, um, I, I made the joke that like, if we didn't get to study defending David for biblical fiction buffs, I would have simply ended the group. <laughs> Um, which is maybe a joke, maybe not a joke. Um, but yeah, um, I really enjoyed studying it and it was really, really fun to read this book. Not once, not twice, but three times, <laughs> once for, for Barbara, once for personal fun and once for biblical fiction buffs. So, um, yeah, you can tell that I love this book. I love this book so much that I wore a hole in the cover, so um, yeah, and the next book we're going to be reading is Potiphar's Wife. I'm going to catch up on some comments. Jamie said, I'm guessing Potiphar's Wife. You were correct. I may have already put a hold on it at the library. 
Very good call. Barbara said, I appreciate all the kind words and encouragement. And Naomi said, I just finished Potiphar's Wife. It was good. I can't wait to talk about it with everyone. Um, exciting that you just finished it. Um, that'll be really fun because I'm sure you will get to um, engage in a lot of our upcoming posts and discussions in those comments and stuff. So I look forward to chatting about it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm always down to go back to ancient Egypt. That is my favorite historical time period. So um, anytime you guys pick a book about ancient Egypt, I will be happy. Of course, anytime you guys pick a book, I will be happy because um, I just in general love pretty much all the biblical fiction. So yeah, um, that was really, really fun. And I wanted to touch on just one more thing is that I will be having a giveaway coming up in our main feed um, of the, <clears throat> pardon me, Faith and Fiction book box. The Their their current book box is the Potiphar's Wife book box. And let me just unplug my computer so I can kind of show you guys. But here you go. This is the Faith and Fiction website, which I realize now you can barely see. There you go. This is a little bit better. Um, the Faith and Fiction website book box. It is a quarterly Christian fiction book box um, that is not subscription so you don't have to subscribe you just like purchase as they come out um, and what was really fun this is run by my friend Alicia over at For the Love of Christian Fiction and you're eating a cookie? <laughs> Look how small the frosting is on the cookie. I know but we were saving those for Memorial Day. <laughs> Um, <laughs> way to just out me on live, babe. Uh, you outed me on live. <laughs> because you keep making noise in the kitchen, and I'm literally sitting in the kitchen because it was the only place I could fit the massive balloons. Um, it is a book box, and this box includes Potiphar's Wife by Misa Andrews. I'm reading the description from the website. And six customized goodies, perfect for the biblical fiction lover. I actually got a chance to work with Alicia and kind of collaborate with her on some ideas for this box, as well as feature a couple of my items in this box. Um, so some of my merch and stuff is in this box. Um, as well as there's a bunch of stuff in this box. I think you'll really like it if you like book boxes and you like biblical fiction. Um, the previous book boxes done by Faith and Fiction are, there's some still available from other quarters as well. Um, I believe that there is a Meet Me in the Margins by Melissa Ferguson one that is available, which is contemporary. And then I think there is an Island Escape book box, which features Beyond the Tides by Liz Johnson. So if either of those books also sound like something that's interesting to you, you might check out Faith and Fiction Book Box, but it is a themed quarterly Christian fiction book box service that is um, each book, in each box includes a book plus four to six themed custom goodies um, that go along with that book. I think you'll really like the Potiphar's Wife book box. Fun fact, on the website, there are only two left in stock. Um, but I am going to be hosting on the Biblical Fiction Buffs main feed a giveaway for one of those. So if you want one now and you can't wait, uh, I would definitely suggest that you head to faithandfictionbookbox.com. Um, but if you are interested in waiting, then I would encourage you to check out that giveaway. Again, that giveaway, along with all the announcements for the next quarter, is going to be coming up very, very soon in the next couple of days as we get into June on the Biblical Fiction Buffs page. So look for that probably around June 1st 
um, specifically. But yeah, with that, that is, I believe, if I consult my notes, da, 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 all the announcements that I have for you guys, all the information that I have to share with you all. So if you guys have any questions or anything that I can clear up with you guys before I pop off, let me know now. Uh, Jamie said, thanks for doing this live. You're welcome. I always enjoy your lives. You do a great job. Thank you so much. Um, it's always fun to prepare. I felt like today um, I was definitely... Mo the most prepared for a biblical fiction of us live than I have been in a while. And I think that's just because I've read this book so many times now and I had so many kind of things that I knew I was going to talk about. And um, yeah, really, really great time. Had a really good time. Um, so yeah, to the giveaway winners, um, I wrote your names down. Um, you can message me or I will message you after the live is over. And just let me know which reading journal or prayer journal or scripture journal you are interested in. Um, if you need a refresher, I can send you pictures or you can just search. You should be able to go onto amazon.com, type in my name, Jenna Van Malrick, Mal as in house and Rick like the name. <laughs> um, and right there you'll pop up and you'll see um, my book. And then you'll see the reading journals as well as the options for prayer journals and scripture journals as well. So all of those will be there when you search my name on Amazon. And I also just wanted to say thank you because um, Jerusalem's Daughter has 201 reviews. So thank you very much for that as well. Um, Barbara says, have a blessed Memorial Day. I appreciate everyone being here. Thanks so much, Jenna and BFBs. Thank you guys all for coming. It was a really great time. Um, and like I said, um, giveaway winners, I'll be in touch with you and there'll be another giveaway, a big giveaway very, very soon, um, for the faith and fiction Potiphar's wife book box. So you'll get the book box itself and the book itself, um, as well as, um, a bunch of fun little goodies and items and some of which may or may not be from me. I may or may not be one of the vendors for this box. Um, so yes. Um, that is all and I will talk to you guys very, very soon. Thank you all for coming and yeah, let me know, um, if you are excited for Potiphar's Wife or if you have any suggestions. Um, I feel like people forget this, but you can always DM Biblical Fiction Buffs, um, with your ideas or thoughts or things you would be interested in maybe us sharing more. We are always open to feedback and suggestions as well, so Thank you guys so much. Have a great weekend. I made it through this entire live without having to use my inhaler. We are doing good. Um, yeah, and I will see you guys next quarter at the end of summer. <laughs> Bye.